Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Hey, welcome everyone to our online experience. It's kind of our uh, new reality that we're experiencing right now. Um, I am, I'm Pastor Tom at South Coast Christian, uh, and I just want to say how much I miss seeing everybody. And so I cannot wait for the day where everybody can return and we can enjoy our time worshiping together. But until that point, um, I want to share a word with you today. And, but before we start, I just kind of want to say a prayer uh, today over our nation, uh, over our church, uh, with this whole coronavirus and everything that's taken place. Uh, let's just believe in prayer. So right now, uh, as you sit there in your living room uh, with your family, uh, just bow your heads with me, and let's just say a prayer of faith, believing that God was just going to touch and heal the lives of people. Amen? Uh, Lord, we just come to you today, and we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and your grace. I pray, God, right now, health over our nation. I speak, Lord God, life over our nation. I pray, Lord God, for uh, all those who are involved, our nurses, our doctors, Lord God, our the people that work in the grocery stores, Lord God, oh, all those who are out in the front line right now, God, I pray your hand of protection upon them. Those who maybe uh, have fallen ill, God, I pray that you would uh, just uh, do a miracle in their lives, Lord God, for everybody, not just for coronavirus, but God, for anybody who is sick right now, God, I pray health over our nation, Lord God. I pray for the word that uh, I'm going to share today, God, that it will once again penetrate our heart and our mind. That'll be life-changing for us. I pray, God, once again, that, that when your word, Lord God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, penetrates, God, it will bring change into our lives. Uh, Lord, we give you praise today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, oh, man, it was loud in here. I don't know if you guys heard that. Amen. Uh, if you're uh, joining us for the 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. service, at the bottom of your chat window right now, if you're joining us live at our 10 a.m. service, at the bottom of your chat window, uh, there's a place where there's a pop-up window, and you can actually uh, bring up the YouVersion Bible app. There's actually a place where you can actually take notes uh, while I'm sharing. And then also, if you want to chat with other people, um, maybe in our church, but I know a lot of people are joining in to these messages that are not from our church, and we want to say welcome to you as well. And we hope that someday, soon, you'll be able to actually visit uh, South Coast Christian physically. But go ahead and take advantage of uh, those uh, different tools. I think it will make it feel just more like community. Uh, the other thing I would share with you, uh, if you haven't grabbed your Bibles yet, go ahead and grab your Bibles. We're not going to put all the scriptures on the screen. Uh, we're going to put my main points, but the scriptures, we're going to trust that you can uh, turn the Bible, and uh, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4, and that's the main area that we'll be staying in today, so we encourage you to go ahead and grab a hold of your Bible as well. Um, as I said, today we'll be in chapter 4. In this chapter, John recaps some major themes that uh, we've been talking about uh, through this entire series. But in this letter, he's been talking about three major themes up to this point. Uh, the first week, we talked about how light represents both God's righteousness and God's love. How we are called, the second week, we talked about how we are called to know the truth, live the truth, and how we are called to remain in the truth. Last week, I focused on how our lives need to be an echo chamber of God's love. And this week, I want to focus on chapter 4 of 1 John, 
which is not the Gospel of John, but it's the first epistle, the first letter of John. And it's discerning. John has wanted us to discern between what is true and what is false, between what is good and what is evil. It's really all about what our series is entitled. It's being in the know. It's in the know. Uh, the way the Apostle John presents this topic is very interesting and it's very relevant for us today. And I hope it challenges you today. But let's start by reading out of 1 John uh, chapter 4, and we're going to start at verse 1. Uh, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a, per- such a person has a spirit of Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. But we belong to God, and those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, then they do not listen to us. That is how we know if someone has the, truth, uh, the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. The first thought that I want to share with you today uh, is this. It's, it's regarding knowing is that we need to know the ability to discern uh, false prophecy. Now, prophecy is a message that is inspired by God. It's a revelation that is given to a person by God. It's one of the more amazing gifts, but it's also one of the gifts that is most abused. In John's day, there were many false prophets of that day. They claimed to be a prophet, yet their, their prophecies did not align up to God's word. Or the truth of Jesus. And let me ask you this question today as you're sitting here. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been lied to? Have you ever been deceived before? There's a story about a man that I wanted to share with you today. There's a story about a man who was in desperate need of some finances. And so the man went down to the city zoo and he decided that he was going to see if he could find a job at the city zoo maybe just feeding the animals. And when he arrived at the, the zoo, there was no jobs available. But when the manager saw the size of this man and the strength of this man, all of a sudden, this, the, the manager had this idea. And, and, he, and he tells this man, you know, the gorilla is one of the greatest attractions at our zoo, and our gorilla just died yesterday, and we are in need of a gorilla. If we bought you a fur suit, Would you be willing to put that first suit on and act like a gorilla until we can find a new gorilla? Well, the hungry man agreed to the offer, and it was very successful. The man acted like a gorilla. He beat his chest. He rattled the cage. He did all the things. And when when the tourists would come through the zoo, they would see this man, but they thought it was a gorilla. They just were amazed at how smart, how intelligent this gorilla was. Well, One day, this man that was dressed in this gorilla suit, he was uh, on the trapeze, and he fell off the trapeze, and he fell into the lion's den. 
Well, the lion gave this ferocious roar, and the man immediately started backing away from this lion. But he realized that he couldn't cry out for help because if he did, everybody at the zoo would realize that he was an imposter dressed up in a gorilla suit. He kept retreating from the lion, but pretty soon he runs out of room and he has no other options. But all of a sudden, he finally yells out for help. And immediately, the lion responded in a soft tone, Shut up, stupid. You'll get us both fired. Now, I'm hoping right now, out in the audience, I'm getting some courtesy laughs. I don't know if I am or not, but I'll just give you a pause. Give me some courtesy laugh right now. Uh, But this is a funny story. But it kind of conveys in the idea of deception. What deception tries to do is tries to make us believe something that is false and tries to make it true. In life, one of the worst deceptions is to lead people away from spiritual truth. It's to lead people away from knowing who Jesus really is. In fact, in the Bible, Jesus makes the comment, it's better to tie a millstone around your neck and throw yourself into the sea before you lead one of his children astray from his truth. I share this because it's important that we don't be naive and believe everything that we hear. John is saying to us, we need to test what we hear. If someone is trying to speak spiritual truth into your life, is that person that's speaking to you, do they know Jesus? Do they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do they believe that Jesus died for our sins and was resurrected on the third day and that he sits at the right hand of the Father? Do they believe that Jesus is more than just a prophet, more than just a teacher, more than just a miracle worker? Do they believe that he is the Messiah, the Savior of the world? Why is this so important? Because in the Word, it says Jesus is the Word of God. And the Bible is an inspired written Word of God. If they don't believe in Jesus or in His Word, then you are listening to someone who has no revelation and there is no truth in their comments regarding spiritual things for your life. Paul writes these words to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. He says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So when people claim that they have a prophecy and yet it doesn't align up to God's word, guess what? That's a problem. For example, if someone shares a prophecy to you and it's unloving or unkind, or maybe that prophecy promotes fear, or maybe that prophecy is self-serving, these prophecies need to be, need to be rejected because they don't align with God's word. We are called to test any prophecy or any word that is given to us. We test it against God's written word, and we test it against His Spirit that lives within us. This is why that it is vital for you to understand and to know God's word. David wrote these words in Psalms 119.105. He says that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. That that His Word is important to us. It directs us. It guides us. God's Word will keep us from falling into deception and into lies. If If we know His Word, if we study God's Word, we need to let it be a part of our life because it will direct us. It will keep us from those false things that the enemy is trying to instill into our lives. It will keep us from deception. 
Jesus told his disciples these words in John chapter 16, verse 13. He said, when the, Spirit when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. As followers of Jesus, we need to listen to God's Spirit that resides in us. Now, an, an unbeliever is not going to understand that. They're not going to understand that God can actually speak to you and, and that he can actually influence you. He can, put, he can impress you. You might feel, see it in a dream at night. You might be just, I've had at times where I'm just driving down the road and man, I can just so clearly hear God speaking to me and to be watch out for this or be careful for that. And, and a lot of people are going to make, think, that, what, that's crazy. What are, you, what are you talking about? God speaking to you. I remember Joy Behar of The View I don't know if you remember that, but remember when she was making fun of Vice President Pence because he said that he was hearing from God. She later, later apologized for her comment. But the reason she made that statement is because she doesn't understand how a person can hear from God. I remember being very upset about her comment. I mean, kind of, man, what is she doing? She, you know, she was criticizing the Christian belief. She was criticizing believers, those who were followers of Christ. But I was thinking about it, praying about it. As a true believer, should we expect anything different? Let's remember something. She might not know God. She doesn't understand the truth of Jesus' word. She's not going to understand that God can actually speak to his people. So it shouldn't take us by surprise when someone who's not following Christ thinks that we're crazy. It's okay, because they've never been spoken to by God. Or if they have, they've ignored this, the Holy Spirit trying to reach out to them. But that's why the Holy Spirit is given to the believer. It's to help guide us, is to help lead us into the truth. By the way, no one has the corner on, on God's presence. We all have equal access to God's presence. In fact, James 4, 8 says these words, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Your relationship with God is dependent upon how you value and the effort that you put behind your relationship. There is a great stability in God that God has provided for us. It's an amazing thing when I was thinking about it uh, earlier today. The stability that God has provided for us by giving us his written word, which is truth, and then by giving us his spirit, those two things bring great balance into our life. Because if all of a sudden the spirit of God is speaking to us and it doesn't align to his written word, guess what? That's of error. That is not truth. That We can know that is false. Those two things need to coexist together. They need to live together. The Spirit of God, because they're one in the same. The written word and the Spirit of God are one in the same. They don't defer. So that's a great way for us to understand if someone is speaking the truth or if someone is speaking false. Um, look at what Jesus said about this subject. And I want to talk about a subject here, and I'm kind of skipped ahead here, but they're, they're just, this is for just an example. There's a lot of people, especially right now, I can see it coming, a lot of people that are going to predict the end of the world, 
A lot of pre- people are predicting that uh, Jesus' second return, that he's going to take his uh, church up in rapture, and they're, they're predicting it right now. And, and I want to talk about that subject for just a minute, because Jesus speaks to this specifically in Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. He says, but about the day or hour, no one knows. And he's talking about his return. Not even angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So we can know with confidence that no one else knows the end. They can guess, they can surmise, but they don't have factual knowledge. They don't, there's, there's not the Lord speaking to them that tomorrow is the end of this world or that Jesus is returning. They might feel it in their spirit, that's okay, but there, no one actually knows that deal. Let me summarize what we do know, because this whole series is in the know. But let me summarize what we do know in Scripture. What we do know is Jesus is coming. We, we do know that he will return. That's a promise. But we don't know the hour or the day. In fact, the Apostle Paul says that the Lord's return will be like a thief in the night. It will come suddenly and unexpectedly. Paul's words reaffirm what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 44. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. I share this because some people love to get caught up into the end times. And I'm going to share something really important here, and I want you to catch this thought. Out of everything in my message right now, I want you to catch this thought. So like I do when, you're, when you guys are all here, I'm throwing a baseball at you right now. Catch this idea. It's good to be aware, but the real judgment of our lives will not be based on the ability to predict the time of Jesus' return. The judgment of our lives will be based on what we've accomplished with the time that God has entrusted to us. We will be judged first by our faith in Jesus, and then we will be judged for what we have done. As followers of Jesus, we will not be judged for our sin because our sin is under the blood of Jesus. But we will be judged and rewarded according to the works that we put forth in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ to other people. That's our mission. That's what we have to accomplish. The mission statement that Jesus left his disciples is crystal clear. It says in Matthew 28, verse 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The emphasis in the Greek is plain and clear. It's to make disciples. That's what we're called to do. That's the Great Commission. Many of the parables that Jesus has shared were built on this one principle, being light in the darkness being salt in the earth, being the sower who spreads good news, going and seeking after the lost, the lost coin, the lost son, the lost sheep. It's imperative that we stay on mission as a church. It's imperative that you realize that the church is not these walls that I'm sitting in right now. The church is you where you're living at home right now. You are the church and you have to stay on mission. We have to stay on mission on on sharing the love of Christ. We have to stay on mission on sharing the good news of Jesus. When people are living in fear, we have to bring faith. When people are hopeless, we have to bring hope. We have to be fishers of people. We have to see where there's a need and meet that need with the love of Jesus. If we're not reaching those who don't know Jesus, guess what? We are off mission. It's why John was focusing on this subject. He doesn't want people to be strayed away from the truth. But he also wants followers of Jesus to stay on mission so that we can accomplish the goal, the vision that Christ had for us. It's imperative. Don't be led away from the truth. 
The second thought that John gives us in regards to knowing is that the spirit in you is greater. Greater than what? Greater than the spirit that resides in this world. People who belong to this world, they speak from the world's viewpoint. It's based on the finite and what is probable or what is foreseeable. That's all they have to speak from is what they can see visibly or what, or what they, can, they can calculate, those type of things. But it doesn't allow for the infinite. It does not allow for eternity. It doesn't allow for a miracle working God. They derive their inspiration from only what they can see. There is no divine inspiration. Today we can see, clearly see this in how people are reacting or how they're responding to this coronavirus. Many people are living in total fear. I see it. I, I see where they're, they're just struggling. They're struggling in, their, in, what, in the, what their beliefs are. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be cautious and that we shouldn't be practicing social distancing. But there is no, no reason that we as a Christian should be living in fear. Unhealthy fear will only bring about negative reactions to your current situation. I'll say that again. Unhealthy fear will only bring about negative reactions to your current situation. Unhealthy fears promote, uh, promote selfishness, anger, hatred, irrational decisions. Some see this coronavirus as, as the world coming to an end and it strikes fear into their life. They can't imagine the world coming to an end. As a Christian, I'm just going to be really honest, and this is a little deep today, but that's okay. I think sometimes we need more depth. We don't need surface stuff. We need more depth. As a Christian, you guess what? We should be expecting that someday this world will come to an end. That's what it says in the Bible. Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 35, He says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That is something that we can put our hope in. That is something that we can find comfort. Because guess what? Even though everything else might pass away, his words will not pass away. As a Christian, we know that heaven and earth will disappear, referring to this world. But we also know, according to John, that there'll be a new heaven and that there'll be a new earth. And we're going to reside in that new heaven and that new earth. Guess what? I have a citizen's card. In fact, my name is already written into the Lamb's Book of Life, which is basically the population of heaven, those who have their faith in Jesus Christ. And therefore, guess what? I have nothing to fear. Don't, don't let fear jump on you. Let's respond with faith. I was talking to a friend a couple days ago. I just gave him a call. And man, I encourage you guys, be calling your, your friends, be calling people at the church, be calling your neighbors, just checking on people, seeing how everybody's doing. And, and so I called, on the way home, I called, I think, three people on my drive home. And all three conversations, they started to preach to their pastor. They started to share, man, man, Pastor Tom, no, I'm standing in faith. And, and I, I hang up, I'm going, man, my church is so cool. Our church is so great. God's church is awesome because it's a church that is filled with faith. The people I spoke to, they were not running in fear. Guess what? They were believing in faith. And it was just, it was just a, an amazing thought. But one of the friends shared this thought with me, and I thought it was so cool of what he was sharing. He, could, he said, he made this comment, can you imagine the same fear that people are responding to about the coronavirus if people would have that same fear about sin? Think of what would happen in our world 
We would have a pandemic of salvations. We would have people running to Jesus if they had the same fear that we put into this coronavirus, if they put that same type of fear into sin. And see, this is really kind of what John is talking about, that so many times we start to believe false prophecies. And I'm not saying the coronavirus is a false anything. But what I'm saying is we put too much weight on that and not enough weight on the spiritual things. What, where did we lose the fear of sin? Because now, as a Christian, we don't fear sin because I have Jesus Christ and my sins are covered yes, by, by, his, by his crucifixion and resurrection on the cross and my faith in him covers my sins. But for those who don't have Christ in their life, their sins will bring eventually a separation from God and death. And we're, I'm not talking about physical death. I'm talking about spiritual death. Shouldn't that be something that we'd be more concerned about than maybe the coronavirus? I want to bring perspective into our lives today. And I think it's really important that we live understanding the truth. Because we're in this series, In the Know, and John is writing this. Hey, you need to be in the know. You need to live in the truth. You need to live by God's Word. You need to live in the Spirit. It's a great example of how deception is promoted by the false prophets of this world. I want to take a moment here and I want you to notice how this passage of Scripture, in this passage of Scripture, John only gives us two options. And it's, it's pretty amazing. There's only two options in this passage. If you read back through it again, after you're done watching me here on your iPhone or on the iPad or on the TV, some of you guys have figured out how to get it onto the big screen, and, and I've never thought I was ever being on the big screen, but here, here we are now, so there you go. Um, but after you get done, if you notice, if you read that passage of Scripture again, take a moment and notice there's only two options. There is no middle ground on which you can stand. You're either living by the Spirit of this world or you're living by the Spirit of God. John reminds his readers, you belong to God. You are God's children. You already have victory over this world because the Spirit of God lives and dwells within you. So stop living according to the Spirit of this world and, and start living by faith in the Son of God whose Spirit resides in you. His Spirit is greater. It, 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 there's no impossibilities with the Spirit of God. He is our miracle-working God, and we have complete hope in God, and we have nothing to fear from this world. Stop listening to the spirit of the world. Start listening to the truth of God, His Word and His Spirit. Don't be deceived. Remember, the Spirit of God is greater than anything that this world can ever do to you. Let me close today, and I'm really closing very quickly, so hang on. But let me close today by highlighting the second half of chapter 4, and it's just real quick. I want you to take, in fact, I'm not going to read that. I want you to take time to read that for yourself. But notice that John transitions back to the topic of love. Because love is how God's children are identified. That's how they are recognized. We are recognized by His love. Anyone who does not love does not, love, does not know God because what? God is love. Say that with me today, right where you're in the living room. Just say it. God is love is love. God is love. And you are an echo of God's love. John is reminding us, if you are living by the Spirit of God, then you're echoing His love. And by, by the way, you don't have to worry about the 
people out there that maybe hate you, maybe don't understand you. It's kind of what I remember Joy Behar. She kind of, man, she was very vicious against Vice President Pence that, you know, back there a year or two ago, and, and people didn't understand that. But she doesn't understand the love of God yet. And I know I might get, but it's, it's true. And so how would she ever recognize what's taking place in his life? Listen to these words in John chapter 15, verse 19. These are the words of Jesus. Listen. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. God, Jesus has chosen you from this world. And listen, that is why the world hates you. Now, I know that we, we don't plaster everybody hates us. I, I get all that. But Christianity is the number one persecuted religion in the world. Why is that? It's, I believe it's because of the love of Christ. And, and people either have to reject that or accept that. There is no in-between. John was writing about that. There is no third option. There's no in-between land that you can stand on. You either have to accept it or reject it. And when you reject it, guess what? You're rejecting God's people along with that. Now we respond because we are different. We respond in love. It doesn't matter how anybody else is ever going to respond to us. We're going to respond. We're going to echo God's love because that's how we are recognized. That's how God is recreating us in our spirit is by His love. We don't respond with hate. We respond differently. Notice how John transitions from discerning false prophecy right back over to loving one another. There's a reason. It's because we are known by our love, by God's love. We're not known by hate. As I shared last week, this week, take the opportunity in whatever you do, echo God's love to people. Our assignment is to love and introduce people to God. Don't miss out on the mission that Christ gave us. Let us be disciples or raise up disciples all around us. We're, we're to go forth into all the world and share the good news of Jesus Christ. I, I end with this verse today, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What are you willing to do for your neighbor? What are you willing to do for others? Let's be sacrificial. Let's be different. Let's show the love of Jesus to everyone that we encounter this week. And I know we don't encounter a lot because we're isolated at home. But call people, email people, check up on people on Facebook. And let, just let people know that they're, you're praying for them. If there's a way to help, guess what? Reach out a helping hand. Let's make a difference. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, God, that your word is powerful and it will not return void. I speak it forth today, Lord God, as truth. And I ask, Lord God, that you would uh, let it resound, Lord God, in people's hearts and their minds. God, let us, Lord God, continue to change, Lord God. Continue to morph into who you want us to be, which is to be Christ-like. Lord, give us a great week. I speak health over our people, Lord God, once again, in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Hey, just a couple things before we conclude. Um, uh, we love you guys. We still need help uh, this next week. We're still doing the Meals on Wheels for uh, the city of San Juan Capistrano. So if you want to help, call the church, 949. Uh, what's our number? 240-4777. And so I forgot the number. Um, also, if you, I know some have been contacting us. How do we give to the church? Uh, you can give online. Go to our, our website, southcoastchristian.com. You'll see the giving button there, or you can go to our church app. 
uh, download that. You can give through our church app as well. On our website, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you'll find our address, uh, our physical address, 31501 Avenida Los Cerritos, San Juan. You can mail us a check if you want to send in your tithes. And I am believing, I am praying that God is going to break things loose. I really am. And I know it doesn't look like there's that possibility. But man, you know what? I, I serve a God of the impossible. And I'm believing that we're going to be back together again very, very, very soon. And until then, you know what? Your pastor loves you. The church here at South Coast Christian loves you. But more importantly, God loves you. God bless. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.